Thank you everybody. You can open up your Bibles to Psalm 86. Psalm 86. I want to start reading from verse 1. Bow down your ear to me, O Lord, and hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Verse 3. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Wow. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Go to verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Wow. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify your name forever. For great is your mercy toward me. And you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Say this, for great is your mercy toward me. Let's say it again. For great is your mercy towards me. We're going to start a new series today on the mercy of God. So we're going to start a new series. Actually, the title of my sermon is Mercy Triumphs Over Judgment. And we're going to understand what mercy is all about. Okay? We've received a word where God said to us that he has divinely chosen us. You said it, right? The first prophetic word. He has divinely chosen us as vessels of mercy so that he could pour out his mercy upon us so that through us he can demonstrate his glory on the earth. Okay? So now I want you to understand that being a vessel of mercy means that you might look like you're the the weaker vessel. And you need to be okay with it. You might look like you're not being favored. You need to be okay with it. You might look, it might look like your enemies are being favored. Be okay with it. Why? It's because God has chosen you to be a vessel where he pours out his mercy. Today when you understand mercy, you will understand that it is the foundation. It is the beginning of everything that God does to us. If you understand grace, we, we love grace. How many people love grace in this room? Love the grace of God, right? It's the, the grace of God is God's ability, his power, his nature, everything through us, to us and through us. Okay, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? You cannot access grace without mercy. You cannot access righteousness without mercy. You cannot access breakthrough without mercy. Do you understand? You cannot access anything in the heavenlies without accessing mercy. Alright? So we must understand that mercy is very, very important for us this year. 
No church is talking about mercy as of this moment. But after today, you will start hearing the word mercy, 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 mercy coming up. Why? It's because God doesn't want to demonstrate himself to you as a judge. He wants to demonstrate himself to you as a merciful God. Do you understand? It's a, you need to understand mercy. Today, your life will change. It will change. It will change. It will change. You will never, you will never ever ex have a relationship with God where you will see God being harsh, where you will see God being angry, where, where you see God favoring somebody else more than me, where you will, you will associate natural disasters to God. You will never be able to see that again because you will see God as a merciful God. It's merciful God. It's really good. It's really good. So take, going back to to my message last week about David, while I was doing the edit, something really struck me about God and David, all right? And, and it was this, that God really blessed David. You know, God blessed him with everything that he had. In fact, let me, let me go back a little bit. God was the one who chose David, right? God was the one who anointed him to be king. God was the one who made him king. God was the one who saved him in every battle that he went into. God was the one who favored him in every battle. God was the one who favored him in front of Goliath. God was the one who gave him the grace to do everything. The reason why God did that was because he had a purpose for David. Why should God favor you if he doesn't have a purpose for you? You'll understand mercy soon enough. Okay. I was listening to the message and I was like, man, this guy is so spoiled. I was like, the dude has everything. When Nathan the prophet comes to confront him, he, he confronts him by saying, the Lord has blessed you with everything. And even if you wanted more, he would have given you more. You understand? You know how spoiled he is? Let me put it another way. How blessed he is. And so anyways, David goes and, you know, does what he does. He, he, he goes and makes the biggest blunder of his life. And he goes and, and he, he goes and lusts after another man's wife. And he calls her and sleeps with her and gets her pregnant and then kills her husband. If that was a pastor, in today's day and age, he would have been crucified. Let's not, if it was a celebrity, he would have been plastered on social media. The media would have crucified him or her. But when you look at God, <laughs> right? We are, we are in such a judgmental culture. We judge people with the clothes they wear. How stupid. We judge people based on their actions, not realizing what is the root of those actions. See, but God is not like that, right? The minute, the minute Nathan comes and confronts him, he tells him, man, you've messed up and God is not pleased with you. The minute he says that, David responds to Nathan the prophet and he says, oh, I've sinned against God. And the next words that come out, out of 
Nathan's mouth, which I was like, come on, must be, there must be another way. In the, we're talking about the Old Testament now. There must be another way, God. Nathan says, God has forgiven you. Not only that, God will let you live. I've come to the conclusion that God's desire for you to live is greater than his desire to kill you. It took a man just an acknowledgement of saying, I have sinned. I have sinned, not against people, not against nature, not against anything else. I have made a mistake against God. I have made a mistake to him. He, he, his purpose for my life, I, I, I think I've messed up. I, I, I just messed it up. And God says, I forgive you and I will let you live. How many of you are alive in this room? Very good. For those who didn't put your hand up, we shall pray for resurrection power. <laughs> If you're alive in this room, it's because of God's mercy. Not because of God's grace. People have misunderstood God's grace and God's mercy. It's by His grace that you are living, but to be alive is by His mercy. See, the lifestyle, the power that you have, the breakthroughs, the signs, wonders, all of that, grace of God. But you have grace because he was merciful. If you, if you understand what mercy is, mercy, the definition, English definition of mercy is this. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Let me read it again because you're looking at me shocked. Mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish. God says to Moses, I will be merciful. I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. I will be compassionate to whom I will be compassionate. What's he trying to say? He's trying to say, the Ken has a purpose. And for Ken to live, I need to give him mercy. Why? Because before Ken experienced God, he was heading down a path of judgment. While you did not know Jesus and you were following your own way, you were heading down a path where you were destined for judgment. Mercy, God is in all his right to judge you. Why? It's because he created you, man. We sometimes forget. We think that, wow, you know, it's, God didn't create me. My mom and dad did. Don't fool yourself. You are not a product of passion. You're a product of purpose. Every single person that is in this room 
carries a unique purpose that is unlike anybody else. And everyone who's pursuing their purpose in God is beginning to now, when you walk in your purpose, you will understand that I'm not trying to be like John. I'm not trying to be like Sam, like Musu. I'm not trying to be like these guys. I just want to be like who God created me so that as when I am myself and I be myself and I, and I fulfill his purpose for my life, now I become a part of the bigger picture, the mosaic that God is painting that God is creating so that he can shine his glory through you so that the world can see his goodness to you and repent see we need to understand that that we can't be like other people we can't do what other churches do although they are awesome and they're great we've got to be who God has called us to be we are forerunners man we're, we're blazing through a pathway that no other church has walked and done before. You understand? Your purpose is different. Every church will look at your back. Every Christian will look at your back and they will see goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. Come on. You got to understand mercy. Mercy is pursuing you every day. God is in his full right to punish you, but he chooses not to. He holds back. He holds back. What happened with, with David? What happened with David was this. God could have wiped him out the minute he sinned. God could have taken him out. Why? Because he sinned against God. No. You, you understand, he, he's, God is not walking around saying, hello, you're sinning right now. Change your ways. Do, do you understand? While you're in the moment of sin, while you're in the moment of speeding on, in your car, while you're in the moment of looking at that pornography, while you're in the moment of, of, of knowing that you have a weakness for alcohol, but yet you're just like, ah, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to smoke, I want to smoke. While you're in the moment of that, God is not disturbing you, but he could have struck you down. <laughs> Why? Because he's in his full right. You're a created being. You're a created being. God one day told me, don't think highly of yourself. I said, what do you mean? He said, I can blink and your life will be over. That's why his mercies are new every morning. You're alive today. Let's talk about life in itself. Let's not talk about breakthrough right now. Let's not talk about miracle signs and wonders. Let's not talk about weight loss and gemstones and all of that. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about, let's breathe air first. Let's talk about your heart beating first. Let's talk about your legs moving first. Right? All those things do not happen out of your own merit. It happens because God is merciful to you. Come on, man. When you understand that God is a righteous judge and when you're in sin, it's an unrighteous act. <laughs> he can just, you, some people, man, I'm telling you, they just think that God works for them. <laughs> you can make it out in the way they pray. God. Do this for me. 
Do that for me. And sometimes, I, I don't know, I think God just allows me to, to feel what he feels, you know. <laughs> he must think this guy, this lady. <laughs> huh? Just sabar a little bit. <laughs> just settle down. Take it easy a little bit. Just chill, man. Just chill. Relax. Don't take yourself so seriously. No, seriously. Don't, don't consider yourself higher than what you really are. You're dust. You are nothing without mercy. I, I, you know, I, I, in, in preaching school, they say, don't say these kind of things. But, you know, you need to come into a, in a grace culture. We are so graced out that we, we tend to forget that, man, my heart beats because God allows it to breathe. Then think about your business. Think about your family. Think about your work. Think about all these things. Your company exists because of his mercy. You know, I've, maybe you've come across this video on, on Facebook, maybe uh, on social media. Uh, maybe, have you heard of this guy called Judge Frank Caprio? Yeah. When I, when I was thinking about mercy, um, this guy is such a merciful judge. You know, he's, a, he's Italian, uh, American, but, you know, I'll give you a deal. You cannot, you know, that, that, that kind of a godfather type, you know, uh, judge. And uh, there was a, one day a woman was standing before him and she had about $400 of, of fines that, that she had racked up over the years, you know. And um, she was standing there and, and he uh, says, what's your problem? And she just goes on telling him about her problems and, and she's a single mother, she has kids and her son just got murdered about a, um, about a year back. And she had racked up tickets because she was trying to run from one meeting to another, trying to stop at a donut shop. She got a $25 ticket and she was, you know, trying to do everything she could do to, you know, hold the family together. And she had racked up all these fines and she didn't have any money to make ends meet. And the government, the law, wanted her to pay her fines. She deserves it. <laughs> she deserves it. She broke the law. But a merciful judge considers the story. Come on now. A merciful judge doesn't look at the law and say, doesn't consider you. The merciful judge considers your story. It considers your weakness. It considers the fact that you don't know left between right. Left hand, right hand. You don't know. And sometimes we make such mistakes that, oh, God, I wish I was better. God's like not bothered by that. Because his mercy is new for you. And so this judge now listens to her story and she cries and he hears her story and he pardons, he wipes off the entire fine. I want to tell you, that's what mercy looks like between you and God. God does not look at your current circumstance. He looks at your story. He looks at how hard it is for you to be holy. He looks at how hard it is for you to come to church. He looks at how hard it is for you to go to work. He looks at how hard it is for you to pay your bills. He looks at all these things. And he says, man, let me be merciful to them. So that they can experience grace because of my mercy. 
they can experience breakthrough because of my mercy. Listen, you are, we were all, Bible says that we were all born in sin. Do you agree? Because we were all born in sin, now all of us deserve judgment. But he doesn't look at, he doesn't look at what you did. He looks at what Adam did. He doesn't look at what your dad did. He looks at what Adam did. The reason why you make your mistakes is not because it's your fault. You're getting it. The reason why you swear at times when you're angry is not because it's your fault. It's just stuff that was passed down. The reason why you got into alcohol was not because it was your fault. It was something another generation had did and they passed it down. It was unrepentant sin that was not fixed over years ago that suddenly crept up into you and you did not know. You, did you wake up one morning and say, I'm going to kill somebody today? No. God is merciful because he sees your entire life story all the way to Adam. And he says, because they can't do it, let me be merciful to them. Because I'll be, if I'm merciful to them, now through my mercy, they can experience grace. Do you understand? Come on, give Jesus some praise. So good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I would love for you to go to the book of Jonah. I've never preached from this book before, but today is an awesome day. And um, I want to show you what God's mercy looks like. How many of you know the, the, the story of Jonah? How many of you know that the story was only about the whale? <laughs> How many of you read only the first two chapters? <laughs> Nobody wants to put their hands up. Listen, man, it's mercy, mercy. It's all good, it's all good. So I want us to go to chapter three because most of us know the story of of. Jonah and the, and the belly of the whale or the fish. But I want to give you a context of it, okay? The first part of the context is very important, okay? Because we'll tie it off towards the end. The first part is that the word comes to Jonah. <laughs> what comes to Jonah? What's coming to you now? What came to David? Huh. So what comes to give you a second chance? Do you understand? Every time you receive the word, it's God saying, I'm giving you a second chance. Do you get it? it? Every time your life coach comes to you, mercy is coming to you. Every time your head is coming to you, not head, the head in the church, is coming to you to do something, it is mercy coming to you. Every time your pastors speak, is a mercy coming to you. Why? It's because the word. Say it. The word. What's coming to you? Word. Right. So the, the, the chapter starts off and it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. His father is very sweet.
He was a Mittai. <laughs> right, verse, verse 1, verse 1. So, <laughs> so the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Okay? Now stop, look at me, okay? It's very important you understand this. Every choice that you make accumulates and goes to God. Every choice that you make accumulates and goes to God as a witness for you or against you. Yes. So pay attention to what I'm saying now. Are you paying attention? Very good. Every thought in your mind influences a choice that you make. Every choice that you make eventually accumulates and either testifies for you or against you. Very important that you get this. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So what are your thoughts right now? Because God is listening to them. Verse 2. Arise and go to that great city and cry out against it for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose and flee from Tarshish, flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Okay? Now listen to me very carefully. What came to Jonah? What did Jonah flee from? Thank you, thank you. Right. Again, I'll ask you. What came to Jonah? What did Jonah flee from? So what is the word? <laughs> how many are learning how to read your Bible? <laughs> so every time you want to access the presence, you need the word. If you're in the word, you're in the. And if the word is in you, the presence is. Very good. Now we're in the right church, man. I'm telling you. Right, so now don't look at the Bible, I'll just give you the whole context. The guy runs away. He runs away from the presence of God thinking that he can run away from God. But the word is pursuing him. Very much like what God, God does to all of us during the week. We come to church on a Friday and then we run away from him the rest of the other days. Am I right? Because why? We're running to work. We're running to the supermarket. We're running to pick up the kids from school. We're running, 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 running. And we're doing all these things. And goodness and mercy are running. So here's the problem. The problem is nobody stopping and saying, let your goodness overwhelm me, God. Because we're so busy running after something rather than allowing ourselves to be caught up. So he decides to run away from the presence and the presence of God is following him. He gets on this boat and these poor sailors don't know what got on the boat. <laughs> the sailors are, don't know God. They, they're, they're of this world and they're just doing their, what they normally do. And they're going from one place to another place thinking it's a normal day until a Christian gets on the boat. <laughs> he was trying to run away from church. 
He's trying to run away from the presence of God and he gets on this boat and God sends a storm. Who sends the storm? Many Christians will interpret that as a bad thing. Not all storms in your life are come from the devil. Certain storms in your life are coming there because of your disobedience. And it's actually that storm is actually the mercy of God coming to you. <laughs> because you're running away from your purpose. Hello. Yeah. So anyway, he gets into the boat. And now the storm is absolutely crazy. The, to the point where they think the boat is going to break. But our brother Jonah is doing what Jesus did. He was sleeping. <laughs> In the storm. Right? It's the wrong type of sleeping. This is the sleeping to escape. Do you understand what's happening? This is where escapism came into the church. <laughs> hey, we want to invite you to the volunteers meeting. We're going to have a volunteers meeting. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm busy that day. Okay. Are you really busy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really busy. We, we, because we, we have integrity, right? We trust what you're saying. Even if you're lying, we trust you. Because <laughs> we're being merciful over you. <laughs> because we want to give you a second chance, right? So, so anyway, so then, then you, you, you kind of make up an excuse because, oh my gosh, oh man, you know, suddenly something came up. I couldn't make it. Oh, it, did it come up before? Or did it come up after we give you the invite? You understand? Escapism. Don't escape what God is calling us to do. As a church, you have no other choice but to fulfill those prophetic words that God gave us. You have no other choice. Trust me, nothing else will work. <laughs> Don't try to escape it. Storms will come. Do you understand? If you think that you can beat the storm by having authority over it, this is not that kind of storm. <laughs> Some people may think about my message right now and say, brother, why are you preaching the law? Are you scaring people? No, I'm just making you aware of how dusty you are and how quickly everything can end if it's not for the mercy of God. Do you understand what's happening? Right. So our brother Jonah now is in the boat and they come to him and say, man, they figure out this is the problem. And they take the Christian and they throw him into the boat, out of the boat and the water, everything calms down. It's a miracle. Because a seed, a seed must fall to the ground. <laughs> so, anyway, so, um, so now Jonah tells them, throw me in the water. God's not telling them. Jonah says, it's another form of escapism. So, but when he falls into the water, it becomes calm. Nothing works. And when the water's calm, a big fish comes and swallows the guy. But who sends the fish? You understand? You see mercy. He's trying to kill himself, but mercy. Mercy. He's trying to escape, but mercy is coming to him. Swallows him, keeps him in prison for three days. He's sitting now in the bed. I don't, I don't want to picture it. It must be horrible, stinky. He must be sitting in the belly of the whale and going, oh, fish, oh, fish. <laughs> get it? Do you get it? Like, what do you think happened for three days? That fish didn't eat? 
He had to eat. And every time the fish came, Jonah had to make way. Okay, please come, come, welcome, please come. And did you, understand, did you think that those digestive juices in the stomach of the... It didn't digest Jonah. It digested the fish. Please, mercy, thank you. Mercy, mercy. Huh? We think that we're in this company. We're in this church. We're in this nation and this city. And we think, man, I just want this. Okay, I came here because I ran away from India, man. I, <laughs> I came here because... Because I wanted to leave Africa. There's nothing good happening in Africa. Nothing good is happening in America. Nothing good is happening in Lebanon. So I came to the city of dreams. The city of lights. The tall buildings. Wow. Like my, and this becomes the belly of the whale. And a couple of years later, it feels like... <laughs> God, nothing, nothing is happening. No, the problem is you're running away from your purpose. And God has kept you now here <laughs> until you come into a place of repentance. So Jonah decides to repent. He says, God, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Just forgive me. <laughs> forgive me. Just, I'm, I'm, I just ran away from him. So as soon as he does that, the whale comes and vomits him out on dry land. Don't want to picture it. <laughs> Horrible. But anyway, so he, he vomits him on dry land and so he goes. <laughs> All the gunk comes out of his ears and his hair. And so now the word of the Lord comes again to him. Go to that city and cry out against it. So Jonah gets up and he walks to the city and his message to the city is with all that stink. <laughs> he goes to this, just imagine mercy. He goes to that city and he says, in 40 days, God is going to bring judgment upon this land against the city. Why? It's because the city accumulated choices that went up to God. And now, this God now, he can judge Nineveh. Why? Because he's, in, he's full right. That city is saying, judge me. Why? Because of the choices of sin. Please think, think about this very, very carefully. Why do miracles happen in this church? Why do so many miracles happen in, in this congregation? Is because when you come into this room, you're making choices of faith to believe. Yes. That choices of faith is going up to God saying, bless me. Do you understand? This is why you respond. This is why you say yes. Why? Because you're making a choice to say, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe that prophetic word. I believe that promise. I believe that message. Why? Because as I believe, I receive mercy. As I believe, I receive mercy for what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. The minute you repent and you say, God, I choose to believe you. The minute you do that, now God releases mercy and mercy attracts your blessing on your life. Come on, somebody. Right. Now let's go to Jonah 3. Chapter 3. Are you there? Hallelujah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. 
So Jonah arose and went to the city according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. You know what that means? It took three days for you to walk around that city. <laughs> Verse 4. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. <laughs> then he cried out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, here you go. Verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Not a man stinking of whale digestive juices, but they believed God. Mm. Let, me, let me explain that to you. When you open your mouth, they don't listen to you. When you go to, listen, these are heathens. They are not Christians. They don't recognize the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. They're heathens. It doesn't matter what perfume you wore today. It doesn't matter what you wore. Where you came from, doesn't matter. As long as you say what God tells you to say. As long as you're in your purpose and you speak what God asks you to speak. Whatever you speak has an effect on them. Alright, so anyway, so you're in Nineveh. They be, so believe God, proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king. And he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself in sackcloth and ashes. And, it, and he caused to it to be proclaimed and published throughout the city by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let every one of them turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent? Say relent. And turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. I'm talking about secular people. People who don't go to church. They're repenting the way Christians repent. How does that happen? Mercy. Verse 10. This is beautiful. Then God saw their works. Who saw? That they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster he said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. It's amazing. He was in his full right to judge. But he sent a man with the word. And as these people received the word and repented, the repentance means to change the way you think. Change your perspective about your life and choose God's perspective. It's a higher way of thinking for your life. Do you understand? Repentance is not forgiveness. Repentance is not asking for forgiveness. Repentance is choosing to change the way you think. So what they did was they, they cried out and they said, whoa, 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 hold on. The choices we're making are wrong. The way we're sinning is wrong. Not way we're sinning. The sin, what we're doing today is wrong. We need to change our way of life and let's, let's cry out to God. Let's do all these things so that God can relent from his anger. Do you understand? And as soon as that happened, God relented. Oh, that's...
Let me give you another example. Sodom and Gomorrah. Before God went and fire and brimstone fell over Sodom and Gomorrah, he went to Abraham. And he wanted Abraham to, to negotiate with him. What if there are 50 people? What if there are 40 people? What if there are 10 people? What if there are five people? If there are five good people in that city, I will not destroy it. Do you see mercy? We have believed that God is an angry God. Only because of choices that man makes. See, because we have a, God has a plan and purpose for every single person. Not just Christians. Every single person. He has a plan and purpose for your life. And when you don't walk in his plan and purpose, things happen to you. There are consequences of your actions. But God wants you to know that he is merciful to you. He wants to give you mercy. He wants to bless you so that you get on the right track. The right track is the God track. Do you understand? The right way is God's way. Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus says that I am the way to the Father. No one can come to the Father except through me. You can try doing pujas. You can try doing running around fasting for one month. You can go to, on pilgrimage anywhere you want. But the minute you find Jesus, you found mercy. The minute you find Jesus, you found the word. The minute you find the word, you found the presence. The minute you find the presence, you have mercy. Do you understand? God wants to... God wants to tell you that he's not interested in judging you. See, David was a, God put David as a king over a nation. And when David was making bad choices, he, God's people, okay, let me explain this. When God put David as king over Israel, David was the representative of God to Israel. Which means when, God, when people looked at King David, they saw that God was a good God. God was a wealthy God. God favored Israel. Why? Because they favored David. And now when David started making bad choices, what was God's issue? The issue is people are going to think bad of him. People are going to blaspheme him. His own people are going to blaspheme him. Do you understand? Now think about it. You're the king over your life. And the choices you make will tell people what kind of a God you have. What defined us, what defines us from everybody else. Moses says, God, what would, what would make us different is if your presence is with us. How would they know that we are your people? It's only when your presence is with us. But when his presence is with us, we've got to watch out for the choices we make. Do we choose to, to, to do choices that, are, that, that in secret really benefit us? In secret, we make choices that are, that are selfish. But in public, we want to we show a good image. But you know, when those choices in secret, the Bible says that he will take those and he will make them public. Don't think that your choices in the secret place when nobody's watching, is not being watched by God. God watches you. He listens to everything that you do. From the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, he's watching over you. And he's listening to your thoughts. He's listening to what every cell in your body communicates to him. It doesn't need to be with your mouth. 
your, your conscience communicates, your cell communicates, your awareness begins to communicate to God. He doesn't need, he says, man, if you don't worship, I'll get stones to worship. <laughs> Please understand that God's mercy is that in his full right, he can destroy your life. But he chooses not to. He sends you a word to give you a second chance. He, it might come as a warning. It might come as an encouragement. It might come as correction. But it might come also as sweet words from God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is a word of mercy. It's a second chance. You're sitting in this room today. Today is your second chance. It's your second chance. Don't just treat it lightly. It's your second chance. God wants to be merciful to you so that you can be blessed. Man, I'm telling you, all the blessings in our life are just sitting there waiting for us. Until we understand and appreciate God's mercy. Every day you wake up is because his mercies are new every morning. Can you imagine new mercies? Which means the measure of mercy for the day can run out by nighttime. Which means by, by when, when you wake up in the morning, he's released new mercy already for you. Which means if new mercy is on you, then new blessings are on you. See, we, we need to understand that in a, in a church like this, a transformation, a culture of transformation like us. We're not focused on, oh, God loves you, brother. God, you know, God cares for you. God, you know, really wants to give you a better life. We, we, we already know that, right? Do we know that? Right? God already loves us. We know that. So in a progressive culture like ours, we are focused on transformation. Into the, image and, into the image and likeness of Jesus. And because we are focused on transformation into the image and likeness of Jesus, we have a purpose to transform. So as he is merciful to you, the responsibility for you is to be merciful as he is merciful. It's going to get a little deeper now, so please pay attention. The power of God in your life for breakthrough, miracles, signs, and wonders will not be accessed unless you understand mercy. That you don't deserve the power. But it's because he's merciful to you, he gives you power. But what do you do with that power? What do you do with that mercy? See, I want to take you to Luke chapter... Um, Luke chapter 11, no, Luke chapter 5. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Let's go quickly. <clears throat> Luke chapter 5. This will absolutely blow you away. Are you there? Luke chapter 5. Now I want to read from verse 17 onwards. Okay? Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Pay attention to this line. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Like it is today. The power of the Lord to heal your body today is present. Okay? 
Are you listening? All the Pharisees and scribes and all these people, religious people, came to listen to Jesus. But because they did not access mercy, they could not access his power. Because they were trying to analyze what he was saying. Do you understand? They were trying to analyze. They were trying to catch him out. They were trying to see, whoa, I'm trying to understand. What, what is he talking about? Because they got caught up in that, they missed the power. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. But when they could not find out, they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and they let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. Now listen to this statement. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, man, you're Okay, now, now you need to understand. Jesus could have said, I heal you. Jesus could have said, stand up and walk. Jesus could have said anything. Why did he forgive the man of his sins? <laughs> Without mercy... You cannot access healing. Without forgiveness of sin, you cannot access the breakthrough that God has for your life. Listen to me very carefully, people. Now is when you need to be attentive. If you understand that Jesus has given us provision for all sin to be cleansed on the cross. But yet, there are days that we make sinful choices. It's because of an unrenewed mind. And every time we access an un part of our mind that is unrenewed, it positions us to sin. God's not looking to punish you. God's looking to reveal mercy. When you come to the conclusion of, ah, that's not a good thing for me to do. I've sinned against God. He releases mercy and then heals your body. Amen. See, a lot of times we want breakthroughs in our finances. But we're not repenting for sin. We want our business to prosper. But we're not repenting for a bad mindset. For an ungodly mindset. We want, uh, uh, I want an increase in my salary, brother. But we're not changing the choices that we're making. How many of you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? Every time God has renewed our minds, he's perfecting us. There's transformation happening. Salvation is a work. It's a work of progress. We progress. Every day, every day, God will reveal to us parts of our mind that are not renewed. Our responsibility is not to say, make excuses for it, but say, God, I ask you to forgive me. I repent for what I've done. 
I repent for thinking of myself too small. I repent for, for making that mistake. I repent for, for smoking. I repent for drinking. I repent for looking at that thing on the screen. I repent for shouting at my wife. I repent, God, for shouting at my dogs. I repent for shouting at my kids. I repent. I repent for treating my workers in a way that you would not treat my, your workers. Hello? Am I speaking to someone? We've got to come to God and say, God, I ask you to forgive me for that. It needs to be an every day. That's how you access new mercies. Repentance, a practicing repentance gives you access to new mercies. You experience new mercies. You experience new mercies because God wants to give you new blessings. The, you won't be able to experience the blessing if your mind is not renewed to steward the blessing. I'm going to go forward because SoundCloud is, is awesome. You can get it there. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason saying, who is this? Who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now it's going to get deeper, guys. You need to understand. At one point, now we need mercy. Okay? We need mercy now. Now, because of transformation, we are getting into Christ and Christ is into us so that now we can give mercy. Do you understand? In, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus, when, remember the story about the tree that Jesus spoke to? He accessed power and straight away he went in this. Have faith in God. If you forgive, you will be forgiven. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Forgiveness is huge in the kingdom. Why? Because that's what God does. If you don't forgive, you will not access mercy. Come on now. Yeah, don't stop holding on to what brothers, this one did and sister, that one did. Forget about it, man. Forget about what your wife did yesterday. Just choose to forgive. Just forgive because why? You need it. <laughs> you need it. For you to live tomorrow, you need mercy. You can't access mercy without forgiveness. Come on now, it's getting, yeah, it's, going, it's getting deeper. Can you feel the weight of it? I started really nice and the whale and all that. Now, purpose. Understand that you're in this church to bring transformation. You're not in this church to attend. You're here to be transformed and now you're walking into the world and you're bringing transformation. What Jesus did for you, now you do for them. Do you understand? Don't get caught up. With, oh, you know, I saw this on the, in, in Dubai and I saw that. And I, Shut up, really. Just stop that rubbish and just release forgiveness. Why? It's because you need it. Stop slowing down your own progress. Please stop it, okay? We'll move on. So Jesus now, why are you reasoning in your hearts? He tells them. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? Yeah. Come on now. He's saying, what's easier? To heal you or to forgive you? <laughs> Listen, 
You want forgiveness? You have to first acknowledge that you're sick. You want healing? You first have to acknowledge that you're sick. And because you're sick, you need to say, God, I repent for believing that I'm sick. Why? Because Jesus took all sickness on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's not his purpose. If you believe you're sick in your mind now, God is thinking, how can I bless him with health when he himself is testifying to me that he's sick? Now think about poverty. We walk around saying, man, I need money. Man, I need money. My business is not ding. My, you know, I need this. I need that. Man, I don't have. I don't have. I don't have. And God's waiting for you to please shut up. Please stop. Stop and say, I have. I have. I have all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the riches of heaven has been opened up to my life. Everything in the realm of the spirit is now mine. Everything that is Jesus is now mine. The inheritance that belongs to Jesus is now mine. All of heaven, all of earth, everything under the earth belongs to me. That's the language of a transformed son. Not the one that cries and says, oh man, you know these people, man, I don't know, man, I don't. Yeah, the problem is you don't know. And as long as you don't know, you won't experience mercy. And if you don't experience mercy, you won't experience the blessing. Because in order for you to experience mercy, you have to go to God and say, God, I made a mistake. I believed a lie. Today the Lord told me, he said, son, I want to give you health. I was like, I receive it. He said, you won't receive it until you stop believing that you're sick. Listen, I'm not just talking to you. I'm not preaching to the choir here. I'm the one who's actually going through this. Do you understand? I'm, I go through this every day. God does this with me every day. I can't just preach to you and walk away and live a, you know, a whatever life. God will nail me for every single thought. Do you understand? My life, Kelsey's and our life is scrutinized. Do you understand? It's the same with you also. It's just that you're not aware of it. I position myself to say, God, tell me what's on your mind about me. Tell me what you think about. What, what lie have I believed about myself? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. But that you may know. Say you may know. That the son of man has power on the earth to forgive sins. Hello. He's telling, to, he's telling people who don't know him that the son of man has power to forgive sins. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to drop on you. because If you can forgive sin, then you can extend mercy. I'm waiting for, it, for you to get it. If you have the power to forgive a person's sin, that means no matter what that person has done, if that person comes to you with repentance and you forgive them, my God, you can change their life. Now, now since you get it, now since you get it, 
Think about your wife. Think about your kids. You want them to behave well? Forgive them, man. You want your company to bless you? You want your company to prosper? Forgive your company. You want this city to, listen, listen to me. You want this city to prosper so that you can have jobs and businesses? Forgive. Forgive. Why? It's because choices of a city is going up before God. But no son of man is forgiving. We want, we want God to bless the city. But we're not forgiving. Come on now. You want to be prosperous. If you want to prosper, God has placed you in the belly of the whale. And he's blessed the whale. With abundance of fish. You can't curse the whale. You've got to bless the whale, man. Do you understand what's happening? Some of you are looking at me perplexed, but it's okay. Listen to, <laughs> listen to SoundCloud. It's good. It's good. I say, then he says to the man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. He didn't say, I forgive you now. Because he already said it. If Jesus says, I forgive you, that means you're forgiven. He doesn't have to repeat himself. He doesn't have to repeat himself till he's convinced that you're forgiven. Hello? Huh? In John chapter 20, Jesus appears after resurrection. He comes to the disciples all scared and he appears in the room. And he said, don't be afraid. It's just me. He says, peace be upon you. And he's just about to leave. He breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. We think that the Holy Spirit came. <laughs> Come on. We think Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came. No, no, no. Pentecost is when the Spirit manifested. Jesus said, are you okay? Some of you are feeling the weight. It's okay. Not a problem. Wake up because you have to get it. Just shake your head. Even if you're feeling a little woozy or whatever, shake your head because this is very awesome. Okay. Jesus tells his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them. And then the next line, he says this, if you forgive someone, they will be forgiven. But if you don't forgive someone, they will not be forgiven. Hello? Hello? Why is he saying that to us? It's because the same spirit that was in Jesus is now living in us. Which means as I speak, so shall it be. As I think, so shall it be. You understand? If I forgive someone, it's because... God is forgiving someone. I don't have to say, Chris, I forgive you, man. Chris comes to me, please forgive me. I forgive you, man. He comes again next day, please forgive me. I forgive you, man. I forgave you once. Forgiveness is this. When I forgive, repent, when person repents, I release forgiveness. Now, I release mercy. Which means, even if you repent, I can actually take you out. Have you ever been to a court where the guy says, yes, I have committed, I am guilty. And the judge says, okay, this is your sentence. Your sentence, you're sentenced to mercy. 
You are sentenced to mercy. Life mercy. He's given you a life of mercy. He sentenced you for mercy. You are now living in mercy. Oh, come on. I hope you understand what that means. Man, if you cry out for forgiveness and say, God, forgive me for, be for believing this lie. And he says, I forgive. You know, here, here's what people, God questioned me one day. I said, God, please, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking something about my dog, actually. I was, I was thinking, this dog, I really feel like, you know, I feel like strangling him. <laughs> I'm thinking that in my mind and God corrects me and he says, son, what are you doing? Does your dog even know your expectations? <laughs> Only God can ask these questions. I really, I'm not that smart. But anyway, so, uh, so I was like, oh, yes, Lord, you know, he doesn't understand. So he said, be merciful as I'm merciful to you. I understood in that moment that I can change my dog's life. <laughs> I can actually make him better by forgiving him and releasing mercy. Do you understand what's happening? For far too, for far too long, we've been really withholding mercy. We've been withholding because of unforgiveness. But when you understand, you okay? When you understand that forgiveness that comes out of your mouth, you choose not to remember their sin. Forgiveness means when I forgive my dog, even if he does the same thing again, it means again I release mercy. Up to 70 times why? It's because up to, from the day I was born till now, God has been every day, every day. So don't think that you are special and hold sin against someone. Hold their sin against them. Pastors, forgive them, man. Let them go. Just release them. Leaders, just do it. I'm talking about in the past, even here also, if you can... If you're offended, we have angels that are sitting in this room. It's like yeah, just life coaches, just all angels. And I know that none of y'all have any issues with them. But if you do, with your heads, the heads are serving and all that, worship team, worship leaders. If you have any issues, please forgive. Because forgiveness is being held back from you. Right? Why? Because as you forgive, you will be forgiven. So as your mind renews and you re ask for forgiveness, just release forgiveness. Hello? Yes. Everybody okay? Yes. Right. Now since you understand that, <laughs> a little more deeper. Can I have five minutes more? Yes. Five minutes, okay? Now since the reason why you have the power to forgive, the reason why... You have the power to forgive is because in the old covenant, the mercy seat which was in the presence of God, in the tabernacle, whenever Israel wanted to, a, a person wanted to confess their sin, they would bring in an animal that was alive. Okay, please pay attention. 
they would bring an animal that was an that was alive and they would place their hands on that animal and they would confess their sin that animal whether it's the baba black sheep or baba white sheep it doesn't matter it listen to me it receives the sin of the person the blood of the animal when that now the animal is 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 killed and its blood is collected and the blood is taken to a place in the presence of god it, the place where the god's presence dwelt on was called the mercy seat do you know what i'm talking about it's in the holy of holies sinful blood or innocent blood that was infused with sin was taken into the holy of holies and now because God, man could not speak to god the blood had to speak do you understand so the man, the priest would take the blood and he would he would sorry <laughs> he would <laughs> he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat pay attention this will change your life he sprinkled it on the mercy seat and the presence of god would recognize innocent blood that took your sin and testified for you Do you understand? Now there's no more mercy seat in the wilderness. Why? Is because now you have become the tabernacle. You have become the tabernacle where God's presence dwells, which means the mercy seat which was outside is now become You need to know that you're very powerful. So when the Holy Spirit came, what came? The presence of God. The presence of God came and he dwells now on the mercy seat. He doesn't dwell in your hand. <laughs> he doesn't dwell in your head. He remains where blood is shed. Amen. He remains where the voice of blood innocent blood testifies for you so every time you come now now think about you and jesus every time you repent of sin repent of a mistake you just repent for bad thinking whatever it is that you're repenting for you repent and you come to god and jesus and you say god jesus i ask you to forgive me of my sin what happens is jesus's innocent blood which was shed 2000 years ago gets infused with your sin and now on the mercy seat the holy spirit now takes his blood and wipes it on the mercy seat and the blood of jesus now begins to testify on the inside of you that you are innocent 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 it is on the inside of you that the mercy seat where god now is sitting on his throne it's the mercy seat of god he's sitting on you now he's sitting on the inside of you and he's looking for blood he's looking for you to take blood the minute you confess your sin and you receive that cup and you drink it now blood is being spilled on the mercy seat and as blood spills on the mercy seat now the blood testifies forgive 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 and when he forgives from the mercy seat he extends mercy to your body you've got to understand that it's not just oh yeah juice and a cup no 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 juice is the blood innocent blood is waiting for you 
to carry your own repentance, for you to carry your, for it to carry your own forgiveness. The blood is waiting for you, not waiting for you to, to, to repent for somebody else's sin. Just do yours first. When you do yours and you're faithful to yours. Now, most times people just repent and they don't wait for God to speak. Now you'll get it. Now you'll get it. You can't ask for forgiveness and walk away. He has to say, I forgive you. You understand? You can't say, God, forgive me and just walk away. You've got to hear that he says, I forgive you. Why? It's because the word has come to you. Do you understand? God's desire for you is not to judge you. God's desire for you is to show you mercy. Why? It's because his mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's stand. Let's stand.